Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome to the Help Desk. My name is Peter Wells. And I'm Tess Bennett. And it was another early start for you, Peter? It really was. Yeah, I got up at 4.30 this morning to watch Apple announce its new M1 chips and the new Macs that will be powered by those chips. Uh, it was a very, uh, it was actually a very short keynote. I was, I was happy by that. And it was a lot of detail there. So the new chips, according to Apple, offer better battery life and up to three times performance of the current best-selling Windows laptop, although they didn't say what that was. So I don't know, maybe that is a really cheap laptop that they're comparing themselves against. Either way, we'll find out soon. The M1 chip also includes the ability to run iPad and iPhone apps on a Mac, once it is running with Big Sur, which is, I assume, going to be shipping with the the Macs as Big Sur comes out in two days. And there are a couple of different Macs in the lineup. Any any that you that caught your eye or that you want to discuss as future purchase options? I'm going to call out the Mac Mini, mm-hmm. I guess, as just a, you know, the Mini brand seems to be pretty strong um, for Apple this year. Yeah, it was good to see the, the Mini get a bit of love. I think that's possibly just because the, the more powerful chips that are destined for the iMacs probably aren't ready yet, and they'll be coming out, I would imagine, sometime next year for the US market. But yeah, yeah it was good to see the little Mac Mini. I've got one on my desk. In fact, I'm using it right now, and, and I love my little Mini. It's it's a lot more powerful than it looks, and, and uh, for for this upgrade, um, I'm, I'm quite excited. So yeah, that, that was cool. I, I was really impressed by the MacBook Air, actually. So it has no fan uh, in it, which is pretty remarkable. That that kind of pushes it clearly to the iPad side of things. But the they said that uh, in the keynote that they tested a bunch of video editing software and also a bunch of video conferencing software, because clearly that is how we spend all our day these days is in Zoom meetings and things like that. And that, that was the one thing I noticed about my current Air, which I... Uh, so I've got an Air and a Mini, so I'm the perfect person for this event. But um, yeah, my current Air is fine most of the time. I never hear its fans until I'm on a video call and then the fans just take off. So I'm going to be very interested to see how this fan- fanless air performs in Zoom and Teams and all of those kind of software that we use every day. Mm-hmm. And from watching the event, was there anything that didn't quite live up to expectations? Uh, I guess the the disappointment was that uh, Apple is sticking with the 720p webcam that is in their current lineup. Uh, they have upgraded the the cameras inside their iPhones and iPads and it just seems like a really crappy thing to, to still have a 720p webcam out there. Although they do say that the neural engine that's part of the M1 chip will make you look a little bit prettier, but who knows. And uh, any other highlight? Oh, one more thing from the event, so to say, this week. Well, yeah, the, 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 for the fans who got up at 4.30 in the morning, uh, we did have a tiny little clip of John Hodgman at the end, which was very cute. Uh, John Hodgman is the guy who used to play the PC in the I'm a Mac, I'm a PC ads, and he showed up to, to kind of make fun of the whole event. And, yeah, it was good fun. Check it out on YouTube. 
And now to Europe, where the EU has filed antitrust charges against Amazon, citing concerns over the company operating both as a marketplace and a retailer. The formal antitrust charges relate to Amazon's treatment of 150,000 European merchants who are selling goods through its website. Marguerite Vestiger, who oversees the EU competition policy, outlined two sets of concerns against the world's dominant online retailer. After a year-long probe, the EU has found or reached the preliminary view that Amazon has breached EU competition rules by using non-public data it gathers on sales on its website to boost its own own label products and services. Hmm. Yeah, this is something that we've seen, you know, that we've actually seen emails where they've admitted to, to this exact practice of, of seeing what is selling well in Amazon and then creating home brand versions of, of those products. So I, I think... Uh, as as the US kind of meanders uh, when it comes to antitrust, I think EU has a lot more teeth. Yeah, so the EU has definitely led the way in issuing fines, if a few big ones against Google in particular, uh, around antitrust and competition. And I remember the this idea of, you know, should you sell on Amazon as a marketplace seller has been around for a really long time. And mm. there's always been this concern that say you're manufacturing or you're, you're ordering something out of China, you know, on the boat behind you, there'll be the exact same product with Amazon's label on it. Uh, so there's always <laughs> been this mistrust of sellers, but you know, that they just believe they had to be on the platform because that's where the shoppers were. Mm. Yeah, it really is one of those too big to ignore situations. And, and that is kind of the, the idea behind a lot of the different antitrust suits out there that, you know, if you have a product, you, you need to be advertising on Facebook or Google because they are so big, uh, they can't be ignored. So yeah, so similar kind of idea here. And uh, this could still drag on for quite a while, the investigation, and there could potentially be a big fine for Amazon. So CNN reports that the potential fine could be up to 10% of global sales, and that would be a penalty of around $37 billion based on the company's forecast for revenue this year. Uh, I, I doubt it will actually be that high, but mm. it is you know, a, a number that would make any company sit up and pay attention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not the standard kind of uh, Facebook $100 million fine uh, against a couple of billion dollar profit, which is nice to see. Moving on, uh, the reviews for the PS5 are coming in and surprise, they read almost exactly like the Xbox Series X reviews. So we're getting much better load times because of a faster SSD inside the new generation. Uh, and they are also, just like the Xbox, completely silent under load, which is good to hear, or good to not hear, I guess. Where the reviews and the consoles diverge is re reviewers really miss the quick resume feature of the Xbox, which allows you to kind of jump in and jump out of games that support that feature. Not, not all games do, but the ones that do will kind of pause exactly where you are and, and allow you to jump around a lot faster than you could on a traditional console. The DualShock controller is excellent, according to almost everyone, and there's some really interesting new haptic features. So haptic feedback when you're, you know, crawling across the sound of glass uh, under your character's feet sounds and feels on the controller a lot different to, you know, walking over cement or walking over sand is one of the examples I saw. Uh, and yeah, the... The other big 
difference is Sony actually does have a tentpole exclusive. So they've got Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, uh, which is getting universally good reviews. It's sitting on 85% right now at Metacritic, and it looks really, really pretty. And if you want uh, to see some of the... Uh, some of the new visuals you can kind of get out of the this next generation, or I guess current generation, where where now now that both of them are out, uh, check out the the videos of Miles Morales because it is breathtaking. Some of the stuff that you can pull off there in terms of uh, just the reflections and the puddles and ah, oh, it, it's gorgeous. Tess, which one are you going to run out and buy? Oh, Peter. Uh, well, if I was a first time uh, investor in a gaming console, oh, I don't know. I would say I still can't tell. Like, uh, it it really is. Like, the PlayStation has my heart. It it had me Mm -hmm. last generation, but... And it does look really cool. I, I really like the design. I know some people think it's ugly as hell, but I really love it. And yeah, I, but but at this stage, like no one needs to buy a first, uh, sorry, a next gen console in the first couple of weeks. Like just wait and wait for all the the proper games to come out and see see exactly what you're getting. And now to social media. And in the wake of the US election, Parler, a right wing Twitter clone, has topped the App Store uh, downloads uh, since election day. So. It's currently sitting at number one, the number one free app in the iOS app store, up from 1,023rd on November the 2nd. It's also number one in the in Google Play rankings, up from 486 the previous week. The app has been downloaded approximately 3.6 million times in the US so, so far uh, per Sensor Tower data. Did you jump in and grab your username? No, I have not uh, downloaded or spent any time on Parler. Uh, in fact, I was just before we recorded uh, going down a, a rabbit hole of Googling who owns Parler. Yeah. Um, Who'd you find? Uh, it wasn't a name. Uh, they weren't names that I recognized. Mm. So the CEO, John Matsey, graduated from University of Denver in 2014 and has been working as a software engineer for Amazon Web Services before creating the app. That's according to his LinkedIn profile, which has been pulled up Business Insider. The other player mentioned here is Dan Bongino, a pro-Trump Fox News contributor who uh, has perpetuated misinformation about COVID-19, and he announced in June that he would be taking an ownership stake in Parler. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, so no, I, really? yeah, the best of the best. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually uh, joined Parler either, but I'm, I'm more than okay for the exodus of Twitter if, if that's what people need to do. Because, again, Twitter it doesn't need free speech. It is not a part of government. It is a private company. So if there wants to be another private company out there, that's fine. Let, let, let's clean up Twitter. And uh, just for comparison's sake, 3.6 million users uh, or downloads, that's that's really, really a small number in comparison to any of the other social media platforms. Yeah, it should be pointed out that Trump has 83 million followers on Twitter. Exactly. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining me, Tess Bennett. Thanks, Peter. And I will go back to bed after my early rise, but we'll speak to you tomorrow. See ya. Bye.